I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a podcast with on over here on Meathead Hippie, a.k.a. Emily has had a backlog of episodes that are great and wonderful and enjoyable, but haven't really put them out there yet. So we're just going to do a topic a day. We have seven in a row. So this is day three. Day one, I, which was two days ago, so feel free to jump in. I, I just talked about this kind of act of hibernation, rest, reevaluating, changing, just really understanding what it's like to pivot and how we all wish for different yet rarely make drastic changes for different. (laughs) Um, So it was a good epiphany for me to call myself out. And in turn, I hope I inspire you to do that as well. It is kind of interesting. I just talked to somebody about this, about how in certain cultures where winter is legitimately winter, whether it's Norway or Sweden, A lot of times we think of winter as such a place of hibernation and, you know, we want to kind of be solitary and I think that there's something beautiful about that. But also I will say I'm making it a very big point to get coffee with people that I haven't seen and ask people to come over for dinner. Um, There's cultures that emphasize that. You think of winter as if, I mean, we're not solitary creatures. We love to be with people. And so regardless of what that looks like for you, be sure you get out of your box a little bit because if not, we go through really big bursts of alone time and then massive amounts of holiday family time and that's very overwhelming and then we go back to alone time and I think we all feel crazy and kind of sad, you know, seasonal affective disorder. Like it's a real thing, but we can change our perspective and use winter as a way to catch up and commune and cook dinner for people and not flake on people and create plans and follow through with them. So hopefully that is something that might be helpful for somebody listening because that's something I'm definitely doing in this period of hibernation. It's so important to make sure you are okay when you surround yourself with people that just make you feel good. So keep doing that. Uh, But I also, in general, like wanted to just express where I'm at and with this book coming out and with this podcast, I just think the more honest I am with you guys, it's so helpful for me to not feel like I'm living two lives. And so I appreciate you guys allowing that. Um, The second podcast was with Girls Gone Wide. So we again talked about kind of what I was saying with hibernation and evolution, but in a conversation that you just are going to feel like you're right a part of. And then today I wanted to talk with a dear friend, Eric, Eric Melgren of the Middle Branch. And he and I went to school together for nutrition. So Nutritional Therapy Association Um, They have a great program for nutritional therapy practitioners. I have been doing it for a long time in different ways through my own personal training and through gyms. Um, You know, there's always something that's really powerful when you learn how to explain nutrition through a book. But what Nutritional Therapy Association does is they teach you how to test in tangible ways what somebody's body might need. And so this was a huge piece of anything with the Body Awareness Project that I have, the course and the curriculum built on skin and gut health and adrenal health and stress. It was all based on my own body being like, on paper, I am eating everything right and doing everything that I need. But clearly there's some literal spots on your body, in your rib cage, uh, on your stomach, your actual small intestine, in your large intestine. There's parts that you can actually palpate and it becomes 
like this painful spot. It's a scale of one to 10 and all of a sudden you're getting pushed on in a certain area and it's like, holy shit, what is that? I eat so clean, but it doesn't matter what you eat if you don't digest. And there was a lot of things that I was doing wrong when it came to digestion. My body was being beat up in the gym because I was competing in CrossFit. And so my adrenals were so, were so bad. Uh, there was just so many things that I learned from this program. And Eric was the first person I met doing this program. And I'm just so proud of him. He is doing sound baths and so sound healing, which is this incredible thing that I haven't ever talked about to a big extent. And I wanted to talk about it because I felt like that would be a, such a really important thing for somebody. Maybe, you know, let's start from this, from the beginning as an empath or as somebody that feels everything, whatever you identify with, if you feel like you are in the kind of same space, you can't quite move through it yourself. Our brain can only take us so far, right? We learn about neuroplasticity and we learn that we can create new patterns. And I have podcast after podcast on this, specifically neuroplasticity, um, stress reduction, Ziva meditation, mindfulness, even some concussion brain protocols that I talk about you know, I've talked about it all, but ultimately you need to find things that ch take you out of your brain because we are always in our brain and help move you through something that you want to move through so badly, but just can't quite energetically get out of. So this is the best example. I was like, I'm definitely going to try sound healing. I know I'm an empath because like with music even, because if a song in the gym at platform is kind of off, like it'll just, you know, the coaches know this, like no <laughs> crazy angry music when I'm there because I just start to get panicky. It's like I have eight shots of espresso and I'm like, what went wrong? What went wrong? What's going on? And I start looking for things that I shouldn't be even looking for. And I, I'm like, what just happened? And I'm like, oh, it's the music. Can we change the music? <laughs> it's so crazy when people don't realize how tied in we are because we're ultimately just beings of energy and wavelengths. And we, whether you guys believe in it or not, you are putting out energy with everything you do and everything you say, and some things have higher vibrations and some things have lower vibrations. And when you put it that way, it's kind of simple, but it makes sense why something like music is so moving and it matches our frequency. I have two stories with sound. So the first one was I did not realize that each one of us had a frequency until I did some, you know, I've talked about this in another podcast with my mom about doing an ayahuasca uh, ceremony and just being this repetitive beating of something. It almost sounded like a helicopter and it was a hummingbird and it was like drr, 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 the whole time. And it was so safe and comforting. And I asked my spirit guide, <laughs> I know this sounds so crazy. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Uh, it was crazy. It was like, what is that? And it was my sound. That's my frequency. That's at what I rev at. So people match each other very well. People get along with each other very well. And people repeat pell each other very well, if you just think of it in that way. And so then I, you know, kind of was aware of it, but outside of that, didn't really understand it. And so I went to a sound bath and it's right around the corner from Platform Strength, kind of this cool co-op where you basically can be a yoga instructor or a sound bath healer and put somebody through a session. You can rent space. So it's a great concept. Uh, it's every Friday and I, I want to say yoga social club. If you are in Denver, look up Friday sound bath yoga social club. And 
I was there and I, you know, you put out a yoga mat and all these restorative mats that are so fuzzy and like those drug rugs that are amazing. They're like, ugh, I, I have like 10 of them. I love them. Uh, and you just kind of like cuddle up and get comfortable. It's dark and it's comfortable. And I just really was like, I don't know what, why I'm here, but I'm here. And that's, you know, all that you need to know is you showed up because something called you. And she walked around, the teacher, the instructor, she walked around before we even began. And she had this piece of paper. And on the first side of the piece of paper were all these feelings that were, for lack of a better term, low vibrations. Fear, anxiety, worry, angst, um, terror, <laughs> discomfort, loneliness, sadness, anything that you could maybe describe your worst day. This is how I feel. I feel this. I'm not having a good day. And then on the other side, we're all the opposites of those feelings in some way. So the highest vibration of ourselves. So when you're having your best day, what would you write down? Happiness, joyful, grateful, bliss, um, free, alive, you know, all these uh, things that we aspire to be. And so she took, it was just so good. She took on one side. She said, okay, do you mind if I ask what you're struggling with or what you need to focus on or what I need to focus on with my, with my sound healing devices, which I totally butchered. And Eric will talk more about that <laughs> because <laughs> they're not called devices, but the bowls, there we go, Tibetan bowls or whatever bowls they are. And on, you know, had a pendulum and this thing just swung and swung and swung and it was really heavy. It was worry. So it nailed right onto worry. Worry was my you know, kind of my reason I was there, which was so true. I was worrying about everything. I was worrying about literally everything. I mean, I, we don't need to go down the list of things Emily's worried about at this time. So then I flipped it over and it was, well, what can I do to replace that? And it was just feel joy and joy was the word. So it was worry, but we can replace that with joy. And it made sense where, again, we are always in our heads trying to change something. I don't want to be worried. I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to be sad. But we can't keep thinking about worrying and anxiety and sadness because that's all we will then create. So we have to replace it with something else. You reshift, you do the hangman tarot card and you change your perspective, right? You flip over and you're like, okay, instead of thinking about how worried I am, I'm going to replace that with something like joy. What do I have in my life that I can think of that gives me joy? Well, first off, Griff. Gryffindor Hemingway, my little six-toed cat, will always give me joy, right? So there's always something that you can focus on. And Abraham Hicks or Esther Hicks talks about this quite a bit, where she's like, there's days where you, the only thing that gives you joy is maybe a pillow, a really soft pillow. And I have a pillow that actually gives me so much joy. It's called a, um, it, oh my God, it's incredible. It's called a sleep crown. And it's this goose feather that you put on your eyes, but you can still breathe. So it's kind of this weight on your head and it's so comfortable. I found it in Austin at like an NTA conference, but anyway, that it was just, there's always something you can look at and change instead of thinking, what am I worried about? Think about what can I have joy for? And then she said, well, my goal is with your music and in this session to help you replace that. And the vibrations of the sound did just that. They, at a very subconscious cellular level, are able to move things through you, for you, and with you in a way that we just can't do by thinking and thinking and thinking of it. So it was just this beautiful experience, and I'm sold. I love sound healing, sound baths. 
I highly recommend uh, finding one in your area. Uh, Eric is a great resource to have, so look up the middle branch. Eric Melgren, a dear friend, just have him on the show today to talk about sound healing and how he got into it, how he experienced it. Maybe it's something you as a practitioner or even a teacher might want to get into and learn how to do yourself. Um, Just, I really think you're going to love it. So thank you for being here on podcast podcastathon numero tres and we have some great ones coming up just uh we got i don't even want to there's just so many good ones that we'll just take it one day at a time emily (laughs) today is sound bass and sound healing and i hope you guys enjoy hello oh my god it worked <laughs> Yay. Hi, hi eric how are you i'm so good how are you oh i'm so good you know this is like magic i'm just gonna keep this rolling and not mess with it one bit <laughs> how oh it's so exciting to talk to you on meathead hippie podcast i haven't seen you in so long since japan um so we have so much to talk about but there's so many exciting things but anyway everyone welcome to the show eric melgren hey everybody actually we saw each other for a split second when you were in California that one time um, in Malibu. It was like Malibu or something. Oh, my God. Uh, we yes. met at for like, the, yeah, short stint. That was fun. That was so fun. I totally remember that. You're so right. And then you, I mean, there's just so many things. You've been in California and I was actually, so I'm filming at this new fancy podcast studio and I was like, I need Eric because there's like something about sound (laughs) and this fancy soundboard. Everyone else send a picture of it. It's ridiculous. The setup and it's as cool as it is. It's incredibly intimidating and you've been doing sound. I'm like, God, I wish I could do this in person, but this actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, you sound great. Oh, so do you. You have you have somebody on your end that knows what they're doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that is what we were talking about is sound. And I mean, we'll talk about, you know, tangents all over. But for the most part, <laughs> that is really what we're focusing on because I you've been into this forever. I mean, you went to the music world and now you're yeah. into the sound healing world. Yeah. I just saw you in LA times. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> um, but I was like, God, I haven't had one person on my podcast talk about sound bathing and sound healing and just kind of talking about energy. We talk about it all the time with highly sensitive people and empaths, yet we haven't talked about it in a way that makes it feel like, oh my God, I can I can do something instead of just talking about all this energy, there's something I can directly do with it. And so I'm so yeah. excited to jump into it with you. Yeah, me too. Well, let's start here. You have been into sound forever. You're a musician. You've had you have I have some of your Spotify musics uh, saved. So you hey. play music. So music has always been a part of who you are at what age did you know that and then tell me a little bit about your background which led you to where you are today yeah so um I I guess I kind of consider myself just a musician at heart like it kind of happened organically I've been a soccer player since I was five and when I was leaving high school I was like okay I'm not going to do this forever but I need another outlet and I was kind of really just drawn to the guitar so after I graduated high school. I literally just went to a, a guitar shop. I bought a book. I bought a guitar, and um, it kind of just took off from there. And you know, uh, went to college, and you know, everybody's like sitting around playing the guitar, and so <laughs> you kind of just fall into that pocket. And uh, you know, next thing you know, I was leaving Florida and moving out to California, 
um, to write songs and pursue some kind of life where music was involved. Well, you know, I, I didn't have a specific goal in mind. I just wanted, really wanted to be surrounded by music. And, you know, I was passionate about playing music. And so, um, you know, I made music as a songwriter. I made a record. Um, and then I fell into the music industry and worked for a, a label for about 13 years. And that type of sound, I mean, music, whatever it might be. I mean, explain your relationship with music before even getting into the hippy-dippy sound yeah. bathing. Because I think so <laughs> many people, they relate to music in so many ways. And then yeah. they start to hear about sound healing and they're like, that's too, that's too so out there. <laughs> but it I really know. is kind of the same. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, when you, when you break it all down to the core, it's vibration and frequency. And so, you know, of course, so the way I see it is just, just, there's two different ways that you're experiencing that vibration and frequency or music. You're either for entertainment or, you know, for healing purposes. And then, you know, you can also use frequency and vibration for other things as well. But um, those were sort of my two things is I never really knew about sort of the healing aspect of, of where that could lead. Um, I always knew it. it. Well, looking back on it, to be honest, it was healing me. Mm. So like, as a songwriter, I loved writing songs and and playing songs and singing songs, uh, just because it was very it was how I was able to escape, whether I was like depressed or feeling down or just wanted to feel better, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was healing for me. Uh, and then also like going to see shows, um, as many as the, of them as I I did, um, you know, it was uh, it was entertainment and it was nice and. Sometimes that's healing in itself. Like when somebody goes to see a, a, a band or an act that they like love and they go see a show and all of a sudden they're over the moon, you know, mm. something to be said about that. Yeah. And we kind of just say that makes me feel good, but it's so good to start to dig into the science of this a little bit more of what yeah. it what it truly is doing. And so you working at a studio, kind of the grind some background on how we met. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. I yeah. actually just forgot. Um, oh, you did? I totally forgot about the first thing I said to you. Yes. <laughs> I, I could never forget. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. I don't even think you said hello. I, you just turned over and looked at me and said, I just threw up in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> And I, I knew I was, okay? I knew I was going to sound so crazy because I'm like, I've never puked outside of like maybe taking zinc on an empty stomach. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I puked and it was day one of our nutritional therapy association class. So both of us are NTPs, which is now FNTP. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, totally. Yeah. So we, I sat down day one in Salt Lake City and I just remember like, I don't know this person, but I have to tell somebody that something just came over me and I puked and I needed to, I needed someone to know. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I love this girl. She's amazing. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. I, I think I'm great. But yeah. what a wild ride that was. And that's really so if people don't know, Nutritional Therapy Association is how uh, I really got into the healing of internal systems. And you, Eric, were really drawn to it, too, because you were just like, there's got to be something more. Was that the same time period that you started getting into the more sound healing? Or had you already been in a part of sound healing and you were no. going one step further with nutrition? Yeah, no. So um, I sort of got burnt out working in the music world and um, just fell into like a really dark place. And so I'd been doing therapy um, with this holistic uh, uh, intuitive healer, Jennifer Schaefer. She's amazing, super talented. And she was the one that 
sort of geared me in this direction. She was like, I pushed me towards it. And she had a client that took this course. And so that's what pushed me into it. And so that's what got me into that nutritional therapy school. That was sort of my first um, uh, accreditation to all of this work. Oh, that's so and cool. yeah, it was really rad. And so actually how that transitioned into the sound healing stuff is we finished our, we finished our course like October, November. And I went to this place that following February for my birthday called the Integratron, which is in Joshua tree. And this yeah. is where they do sound baths. Right. And the place has a lot of stigma around it. There's a lot of reasons why it was built and like all this stuff. What I love about the Integratron is the structure and how acoustically perfect it is. And so it just intensifies all of those vibrations. Everyone, um, that are, uh, everyone needs to Google it right now. It's, it's so it, crazy it, looking. It really is. So back to how it started to become popular is the late Anthony Bourdain went out there with one of the Queens of the Stone Age guys. Jason Mraz went out there just because of his beautiful voice. Like, was just like, what is this? It's just, again, it's like a perfectly acoustically built room. And so when you do these sound baths there, the vibrations just are super intense. And so when I walked out of there, um, obviously I walked in and I was very heavy and stressed out and just hmm. feeling very blah. I walked out and I was like, how has nobody ever told me about this? And the first thing, Emily, that like sort of went on in my head was it drew me back to all of our coursework, how through everything it was like, well, stress can affect this or stresses uh, mm. uh, can affect that, um, affect digestion. And I was like, during our course, I always thought, well, you can't do anything about stress. It's always going to be there. But when mm. I walked out of the Integratron, I was like, it was a holy cow moment, right? Like the light bulb went on. And then obviously being a musician, it just was sort of a natural transition. I was like, I need to dive into this and really figure out like what this is because I just felt like a million dollars when I mm. felt super crummy like walking into it. I love that. And I think that everything you said is so important to address because, you know, digging into the kind of mechanics and what it actually is, you know, before we even get into that, it is so important yeah. to understand that what we deal with every single day, whether it is our immune system being crappy or the sniffles that won't go away and kind of these reoccurring sinus infections, whatever it might be, we, you know, we want so badly to name them and we are so desperate to avoid them being named stress because that means it's not quite as fixable. It's not quite as tangible. It's not quite as, you know, I, here it is and let me take it and transform it because stress, if it's so a part of us to the point where it's affecting our well-being, to say just be less stressed feels very <laughs> unfulfilling and it feels very yeah. daunting and empty. And we want, I mean, it's just like walking into a gym. We want to feel some sort of result. We want to feel sweat and uh, dopamine and serotonin. Like we want something, but you don't necessarily get that without repetition after repetition of meditation or lifestyle changes or cutting people out of your life, like, yeah. <laughs> or changing your career, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it's so good to talk about because how many of us are like, yeah, I know I should be less stressed, but what does that even fucking mean? <laughs> yeah. What is it? What does it mean? And what does it look like? Mm -hmm. And like a lot of what I feel like I'm here to bring to the table is showing people that 
meditation, it doesn't have to look like what you have previously thought that it needs to look like, and you don't have to look like that either. Mm. Um, and so, again, a lot of what uh, my company, the middle branch that I've recently formed is all about is really showing people how this can help like everyday people in their everyday life. Well, I love um, the name and, so much. It's the middle way because we think of it in, I have to go to one, a retreat or an integraton or yeah. a really intense kind of separation. But then we get back to our day-to-day life and we're back in the in the mix. And so the mix, yeah. we're surviving between these two extremes and that might work. And that might be sometimes how we have to do it. But they, I love that you're saying this, this is ultimately the middle way. Yeah, you know, and... Uh, y- the middle branch is actually my last name and my ancestry goes back to CK Andinavia. And so Melgrin actually means middle branch. Um, so it all just kind of like tied mm. into it and just kind of fell into place. And yeah, I truly yeah. believe I'm like that middle branch within the tree of life. Like I'm talking about using meditation, diet and fitness being a lifestyle. It's sort of like the acronym of being mindful, MNDFL, meditation, natural healing, diet, fitness equals lifestyle. And showing people like, hey, when you're going through tough times, if you revert back to this, you will at least find progress. And um, and how important meditation is in that is, you know, is one of the key pieces of the puzzle. Because, again, like I feel like everybody has this notion of meditation. I had it. Mm-hmm. Like I come from that world of being like, oh, so I have to sit with my legs crossed and just like think of nothing. Well, no, there's so many different ways to and I know that we're going to talk about this as well, is dropping down into the parasympathetic state, um, something that I call like the healing state, um, you know, rest and digest is what they also call it, and getting out of that sympathetic state. So it reduces like our anxiety, our stress, mm. it lifts our mood, it strengthens immune systems, reducing blood pressure, like all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So well, just- I love it too because in the, you know, the best way I try to describe it to people and it's so good that this is coming out on Meathead Hippie because I think I've, you know, I've beaten this to death on the adrenal course and like the talks topics about adrenals and, you know, some of the Facebook lives. But it's just as simple as this. And, you know, when we think of we learned this with our kind of kooky but kind of brilliant instructor at NDA. Um, you know, we won't get into that, but it was so important for him to say, you know, we have two types of stress. We have, and I always think of it this way, we all clump in stress as one big giant thing. And so the easiest way for me and my brain, which is really visual, to start to diagnose it or at least understand it is saying, well, what if I took those two types of stress and split them? And so on one hand, I have my external stress, my life stress, you know, that's the work, the career, the relationships, the demand, the travel. And then on the other side, we have systemic stress, which is everything that's happening inside our organs. And when we realize that most of us are very resilient and our body has an incredible skill slash toolkit to make sure that we can handle both types of stress in any capacity, we start to understand when we start to notice the, you know, stubborn weight loss or the bad sleep or the depression or the mood swings or any of these things that really come down to the stress we put on our life. We don't have to just pick the external stress to focus on. We can also focus on the internal stress, which could be blood sugar and not 
getting hangry between meals. It could be, you know, making sure that we're getting enough of those B vitamins to give us energy throughout the day so we don't grab the Snickers bar. Like there's just so many cool things that you can start to see. And that for me was what helped me become less overwhelmed because how overwhelming is it when you're like, oh my God, I'm in a career that I, I thought this is what I wanted and I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. Which I feel like you might've kind of experienced. Very much so. And it's, it's, it's really, really difficult to make a 180. And you'll talk to so many people who are in that situation um, where they are like, okay, I'm kind of done doing this, but now what do I do? Mm -hmm. And I don't have very many savings. And like, I don't have like, how am I supposed to transition from one phase to another? Like I've been talking to more and more people that are going through that. And I just consider myself very fortunate that sort of the universe has allowed me to make this transition because believe you me obviously like you going from where I was to where I'm headed to now it's that's you know not exactly like going down the same pipeline or the same path Mm. Um, it is very much of a 180 and it's not easy but it's just when I guess that I just had such a passion around this and and the, the belief of wow like this is something that I just need to lean into I say that quite a bit because of the feeling that it's giving me and listening to my body and my intuition and just being like, it's almost like shutting your eyes and going on a roller coaster you've never been on before and be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know what I yes. mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's start with what that first step to that was. So you went to the Integraton, Integraton, that sounds Integratron, very Star, yeah. <laughs> Star Trek. Um, okay. So c- talking about, let's get into what sound healing is, sound baths, yeah. and those things that have just completely I mean, as soon as when you talk about it, it your whole demeanor changes. And so you definitely have found what you're supposed to do. I love that so much. And that's thank you. So many times people are like looking for that thing. That thing will find you. You just wait. Like if you're open and you're ready, it will find you because it's it's just so cool because it's, you know, we need more channels to put that stuff into the into the world. So how did you really start to say, okay, maybe this is something I could teach where did you even begin? Yeah. So where did I begin? So what happened was, is after um, that Integratron experience, you know, obviously I was like, all right, I need to start figuring out what all of the things about energy, frequency, and vibration is all about. So um, another one of our, our friends that we all turned into homies with, Matt, him and I started taking a load of these courses. So we both got Reiki Master certified to really learn about sort of energy mm-hmm. in itself. And then we also did something called a biofield tuning class where you're using frequency and vibration to really help tune people up. So again, learning about frequency and vibration. And then from there, I started doing sound baths around town in LA and sort of aligning myself and following some of the guys that have been doing it for a long time. There's a guy out in LA called Torquem G. There's another guy named Shane who's a bowl player. I'll talk a little bit about bowl playing a little bit because that's what I do. Um, Spirit Medicine on Instagram. Shane is a fantastic bowl player. He actually just played the Wiltern not long ago, which is like a huge venue. Mm. They did this big sound bath there. Mm. But that's kind of like how I was able to sort of transition. And then me being a musician, I mean, it's a lot like picking up an instrument that you've never played before and Mm -hmm. just having that sort of like innate like patience of being like, okay, like let me figure this out. And so having sort of the energy work behind me, a little bit of the vibration and frequency knowledge, um, following around these other sound healers that have been doing it for 10 plus years 
and learning from them and taking bits and pieces from them and then sort of crafting like sort of my own style with it. Mm -hmm. That's sort of how it all came together. And I was still working for Warner Records at the time. And what was happening was there is people started, you know, I started becoming open about what I was doing. And since that atmosphere is so stressful, it shouldn't be, but it is, <laughs> people started coming to me being like, hey, like, I heard that you're doing this thing. I'm super stressed out. I'll try anything. So I started working with people in the building, like, you know, being like, hey, grab five people. Let's do a sound bath. Um, will you describe, will, yeah, will you describe a sound bath for me? Yeah, yeah. So it's, I have these crystal quartz bowls. And these crystal quartz bowls, like, emit this vibration and this frequency. And from there, um, it's basically just a form of meditation. And so what I'm doing is I'm using frequency and vibration to help you get into a meditative state. Mm. And so that being said, like, what I tell people is, is all you literally need to do is show up and shut your eyes and receive I mean, on a, that's the first thing I say in all of my classes. I want you to be comfortable, relaxed, and just try to let go, really let the sounds kind of like take you away, right? Um, and so it's just another form of meditation. I often call it sound-guided meditation hmm. um, because I'm using sound to help you meditate. Now, what's really cool about sound baths is that you're not just getting that that auditory downshift of your brainwaves, but the vibrations are going through you. And so afterwards you should feel light, tingly, buzzy, um, and just an overall like good, good feeling of like hope and like, Hey, like I feel good about my day. I feel good with where I'm at. Mm. And so that vibration, that frequency is really twofold of like what it's doing for the people that are experiencing this. Well, it's so cool that you get a, you are also teaching, but also receiving. <laughs> so, so yeah, great. I am receiving. <laughs> That's so, so after, cool. I, after a session, I'll I'll just feel like good, like, and, and I don't get the full quality of what everybody else gets because they're actually shutting down like their motor skills, right? They mm -hmm. can just let go mentally. I'm obviously still doing some work, so my more, <laughs> so yeah. my motor skills are still are still running. Um, but yeah, after a sound bath, I do feel a little bit of the physical stuff just because I'm, I'm also being bathed, so to speak, in that vibration and that frequency. So on that tuning class that you took with Matt, I think you said biofuel, is that what it was called? Yeah, it's called biofuel tuning. Well, it's so interesting. I would love to know more about certain types. Like, you know, does each bowl have a frequency? Is it related to chakras? I've seen a yeah. couple of things where it's actually related to planets. I would love to kind of get as woo-woo as you would like. <laughs> to help me understand, you know, if I went into a sound bath, um, it, I'm just such a questioner that I would I would want to yeah. know, okay, well, why did that feel really good? And maybe that other sound bath didn't quite resonate enough. You know, what yeah. would be something that you're looking for as you are putting on a class? Uh, what would be the kind of themes and the different tonage and even sizes of the bowl? What does that all mean? Yeah, so um, there are all different kinds of bowls. You can get like a Tibetan bowl, which is all metal. And those actually have two different notes on them, like the lower and then the rim. Um, and then you have your crystal quartz bowls. And so, yes, the crystal quartz bowls, you can get one that pertains to each chakra. So you have your root bowl, your sacral, solar plexus, heart, mm. throat, third eye, crown. And each of those are made up of musical notes. And so it's basically the white keys on the piano. It's a C scale. And so your root chakra is a C note that goes all the way up to your crown chakra, which is a B note. Mm. 
Mm. And now, depending on what um, scale you get, and so what I mean by scale is, is the bowls are sometimes tuned a bit differently. Um, every instrument that you'll see and that you usually hear at a concert or any of that is all tuned to a standard 440 hertz. Now, a lot of healers like to use their instruments tuned at a 432 hertz, mm. just because they there's a lot of, of um, there's a lot of stigma around 432 as well. But the lower that frequency is, it's just to me the better it makes me feel. Got it just it. makes me feel much more calm and at ease. And again. Your, your people can go, you know, read on the Internet about all of the things about why and the why nots. But what I love about that lower frequency is that it just makes me feel better. Mm. Well, it's interesting, too, because you can see in some, you know, if you look at playlists, you, you told me you took a sound bath in preparation for today. <laughs> and I, I, and I, I not one in at noon. <laughs> I love it. And I snuck in a bath. And what I do is I have this like third eye playlist, even though I, I, I don't know why I call it third eye, because it's mostly like root grounding chakra um, sound healing, but it's a Tibetan yeah. bowl playlist on Spotify that I just have put Maybe. together. And I loved, I was like, we're both doing the same thing so that we're in the best place <laughs> possible. But I love it. <laughs> what's so good is that you are, you know, some people think like there's maybe a few schools of thought on this. And I've seen this go both ways with when you're craving something, you, you need something in, uh, you're missing something. So you're a nutritional deficiency when you smell an essential oil and you love the smell of it. Some people say you need it, but I've heard the opposite. I th I feel like with music, if you're drawn to it, just, you know, depending on the Hertz or depending on the type that you like, like for me, if I hear really high pitch, I hate it. So I would, yeah. I was curious, does that mean I, I don't know if you've gotten into this of like, does that mean I need it because I'm kind of blocked by it? <laughs> or does that mean that it's probably just not for me? No, because it's probably just not for you. And so, um, especially when you're doing this kind of work where you're really just trying to release stress, yeah. you want to, you want to go to something and experience something that, that just feels good to you or feels like it's a release. Hmm. Yeah. And, and so that if, makes it's, sense. if it's, if it's, you know, contraindicated to you getting to that point, then um, I would try something else. And that's the thing with sound healers is everybody's different. It's like going to see a different musician. Mm -hmm. And that's right? interesting. And like, yeah, because I'm, of course, being like path of most resistance, work through it, push through it, you know, like, how yeah. can I make this harder when yeah. it's supposed to be easy? Yeah, I mean, a lot of, so, you know, as far as, like, sound healing goes, so back to the question you said, like, what is a sound bath is, um, you know, people generally show up. A lot of people like to lie down. Some people with a meditation practice will sit up because it's a different experience. And you shut your eyes and you let these spacey sounds and vibrations just help calm the body and the nervous system. And, again, since being in that spot, that parasympathetic space, space that healing space, um, it helps with so many different things. Um, a lot of times I'll be like, hey, even if you think you didn't experience anything, you were in here for 45 minutes not watching TV, mm. not looking at your phone, not sitting in front of a computer, you know, so it is it has so many benefits as it comes to. So you literally take 45 minutes, you're bathed in this vibration and frequency, and afterwards you should feel really a whole lot better. And uh, I also like to say the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. I mean, that's why I tie it to nutrition 
in in uh, fitness as well. I mean, you know, right? Like mm-hmm. the more that you put into it, the stronger that you're going to get. The more that you put into it, the more of the outcome that you're going to see. You're not going to go to the gym for the first time in three years and walk out and look exactly the way that you're going to want to look. Yes. So. Well, well ex- do you mind digging into kind of the types of frequency that, you know, we think of the worst ones, right? Fear and doubt and anxiety. And, you know, anxiety really is kind of that fear. What what are we fearing? What are we afraid of? We can get really deep if we just keep asking ourselves why when we start to feel anxiety. But we start thinking of if every feeling had a frequency, what could it look like, right? So when we're looking at these kind of negative frequencies, is ultimately the goal to start to replace them? Or is it to start to give your body awareness that there it doesn't need to be there like it's almost like these little i don't know like these little ugly gross gremlins in our body that we just are like latched onto that latched onto us and then when we start to see and feel or hear something like a sound bath with it which is so energetically I mean it sounds gorgeous I don't know if you have them that you can play for us but it's like you (laughs) you start to hear them and you're like whoa it's almost like those two collide and it's it's like a little internal war where the good 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 guys always win because of the way that the energy and the way that it is held in our body it just it's gonna win so I'm just curious if you could help explain some of that negativity that comes with like when we're holding on to things, what that frequency really is doing, because ultimately it's stress and how the sound bath, is it just getting exposure to it or does it start to replace some of that ickiness that we are holding on to that we can't quite let go of consciously? Yeah. So what I would say about that is I don't think there's any specific frequency that is a negative frequency. And I, I could be wrong because I'm still learning about all of the things. There's so much to learn about this still, about how vibration and frequency exactly is helping. The biggest thing that I that I know for sure is that it induces this relaxation state. And so when you put the body into that relaxation state, it allows the body to heal itself. And so when you give back in this way, you're allowing all of these people to release that stress, Mm. release that anxiety, release that fear, right? Mm -hmm. And just really be in a nice, calm state. And then what happens is, is when you continually do that, the body starts going, oh, I know what this is like. And so it reduces your sensitivity to anger, to anxiety, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if you're constantly living in the sympathetic state, then your body, that's it's going to continue to flip to that. Mm-hmm. If you increased anxiety, give you increased stress, all of that. But if you start showing your body what it's like to be calm and in the parasympathetic state, then the more it's going to be like, oh, okay, I didn't know that I can go through this in this <laughs> I can survive this and and thrive from it because, I mean, we see this in every avenue where we just don't know that it can be done a better way until we do it another way and then it's done better. Yeah. (laughs) It's so cool to see, oh, I was just trained to do it this way because I didn't know that there was another way. And then I start to notice I actually perform better or I see things clearly or I don't have as much 
uh, decision fatigue when it is done in this higher vibration, in this state of parasympathetic, yeah. ultimately. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's like the biggest feedback I get from people, honestly, is relaxation. There's just the relaxation that they get after these sessions. Um, and again, like whether it's meditation, guided meditations, sound baths, float tanks. I was listening to some of your other podcasts. You say you float. Oh, yes. So we have a great. Yes. So we have a float tank center really close by the gym called Samana Float. And I mean, I've been to some sketchy float centers before because I was just like, I don't want to get into that. Are you kidding me? This looks like a freezer refrigerator that someone's going to murder me in. There's no way I'm getting into that or relaxing in it. But finally, I found this place and I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is like it feels like I'm in a spaceship. It's so legit. And there's this blue light and it's just so good. I mean, it's, it was hard for me at first, obviously, because I took forever to learn how to sit still, but yeah. Oh my God. Those 90 minutes, like the first, I'm really good for the first hour. And then if I don't fall asleep, I start to get a little antsy, but it's the best thing for me for sure. I, I love that you mentioned, cause when we were talking about podcasting, I'm like, Oh, I'm so glad because I've never actually had someone specifically talk about floating. And so I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, it's oh, so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. And so I actually talk about floating quite a bit in, in when I teach, because again, I like to tell people, hey, look, there are other ways that meditation can look like. So whether floating works for you, whether sound baths work for you, meditation, uh, 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 transcendental meditation, like whatever works for you, find something to help you reduce that stress. It's mm-hmm. going to make you feel better. And if, you know, floating is your way, then then lean into that because mm-hmm. The more you take care of yourself, the kinder we're going to be to each other. And then the kinder we can make this place, this whole place, and the happier it can make you. And Mm. so, you know, um, I've been using this float place up in Pasadena called Just Float. And it's been actually pretty interesting. I'm actually partnering with them because I've been putting two modalities together. It's kind of crazy. So I've been doing sound baths while somebody is floating. Stop. That sounds incredible. I just experienced it for the first time myself last Friday, and I still haven't been able to find the words for how that made me feel. <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh, that's such such a great idea, too, because water holds and moves that energy probably in a deeper way than if you are just not in water. Yeah. 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 <gasps> oh, that's so cool. Well, at Float Tank, for people that are brand new to me or haven't heard me talk about this before, um, float tanks are just a sensory deprivation tank. I think is am I right when it's ten thousand pounds of Epsom salt? Yeah, it's something it's a ridiculous. Lot yeah, it's like ten or twenty thousand pounds of Epsom salt. So there's like <laughs> no way that you can think it's impossible. Um, and uh, yeah, it's amazing. And you know what I love talking about as it comes to like these kinds of different modalities is um, athletes are using this stuff mm. and they're using it to be the top of their game to have that edge um steph curry is a huge advocate of floating um and you know floating helps with the hypertension anxiety disorder disorders um you know it can be an antidepressant um they actually consider it um reduced environment stimulation therapy um and the fact of the matter is is these guys are using it to find an edge in their game we should be using it to find an edge in life 
right? Totally. And well, like, just because we're not playing a sport, like, you know, you can find out, like, your most optimal self by, like, adding this to the mix. Well, it's so great thinking of it this way. If you're, you know, I had a podcast with um, Emily Fletcher on meditation. She was really the first one that got me into it. At all. To it. it was amazing. Oh, I love that. Thank podcast. you. Well, she does a great job that made sense. And it was ultimately the reason I was like, okay, you're right. I'll try this was because I'm so psycho competitive with myself. And it was like, of course I need, you know, we think of all of the things that we have on our plate. If I actually took an hour a day and did none of them and took time to sit in a bath or took, turn off my phone or just have time for my brain to think. I was just talking about Bill Gates the other day and his documentary that he's on and this concept of a think week where you're just always processing information. So how do you have time to assimilate it? And you might not consciously be assimilating it by sitting in the bath. Like, you know, it's work to think of like, let me put all these things in places, but just time to do nothing is so important because most of us already have really terrible sleep, which is sometimes the place where that can happen with our dreams or whatever it might be. But if sleep starts to get affected in any way, we think of these hours or even, you know, an hour sound bath or an hour float session, we start to think of them as such a luxury, you know, like, God, that would be nice if I had an hour. But what sold me was if I did even 15 minutes, it would allow me to be so much more productive in those times that I had. And I don't know how to explain it, but it's just this you know, every time I forget to meditate for a week, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed. I'm constantly grabbing my phone, feeling like I forgot something, writing all these notes. My brain feels all over the place. And then I actually take the time to do things like the float tank or do things like the sound bath or do things that don't have anything to do with anybody or anything, just say I'm enjoying them. And then I actually am the most productive in the world. It's like that mom gene that comes on when you have babies, you have to make the most of your time and you just crush it. And then you're like, okay, what do I do with the rest of my time? And I don't know if anyone can believe me until they start doing it. You know, it almost takes this experience, which is fair. I get that because I'm that way too. It takes an experience to feel oh, wow, that did give me an edge in this or that or like this in order for it to become something that's integrated into your life and it ultimately like a non-negotiable, you know? Yeah, I do know. And um, it, it, productivity and focus is huge. Like I become yeah. so much more productive. My focus becomes clearer. And it makes sense too, right? When you're cool, calm, and collective, like you tend to have better focus and you're more productive but when you're kind of scattered and all over the place and really in that fight or flight state right i mean you're just looking to survive and so you're not exactly doing things in a constructive manner you may think you are but it you know again it just that nervous system and where you're at it really truly helps Mm. and i feel the same way like if i've noticed i haven't taken care of myself in a week i'll be like man why am i all over the place and i'm like oh yeah I need to go do a sound bath or I need to go do a float or maybe I just put my feet in the grass. And that's the other thing um, that I tell people. It's like, look, like if, even if you only have five minutes, put your feet in grass. Oh, that's my um, favorite. If you're, if you're driving, <laughs> you know, we're out here in California. If you're driving by the beach, pull off, put your feet in sand for five minutes, look at the water. 
you're going to feel better. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. I never go through LA without making sure that happens. It's just so worth it. I It's so interesting how quickly grounding out after long flights, like this, you know, if your feet tend to swell or <laughs> if you just feel like really out of your body, stop going from indoor to indoor to indoor and just take five minutes and take your shoes off. People will look at you weird, but it's so worth it. That grounding and that electromagnetic field is not, oh. we're not making that shit up. That's like a no. very real thing. Well, it's, <laughs> It's science, so if yeah. you believe in science. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that would be a great place to kind of recap this because you're somebody that's very, no pun intended, in tune with this <laughs> whole autonomic nervous system. When we're in parasympathetic or what we really want to be in, that stress-less place, heal, digest, etc., and then sympathetic, what are ways that you see with your clients or with yourself, well, wow, one, yes, we are way too sympathetic and we got to get more parasympathetic or I think I'm doing well. How do I know if I'm doing it right? You know, those kind of thoughts of like, am I doing it enough? Am I de-stressed enough? Since we don't have a measure of yeah, what it, of yeah, we have no bar. Everything's Everything that's normalized and everything that's glamorized is stress, is sympathetic, hustle, grind, more, all of it right so to to redefine what it's like to be normal in a unstressed pattern sometimes that's hard to wrap someone's head around so what would you say are some of the things that you really notice you mentioned a couple just then of like your focus and your productivity yeah oh um yeah i'll (laughs) use a word that we learned in nutritional therapy bioindividuality right and so everybody is different and so it really just depends Um, A lot of people do ask me, like, hey, so, like, how many days a week do you suggest that I do this? And it really just depends per person. Like, you know, where can you fit this in your life? How stressed out are you? And then you just sort of start giving people, like, individual, like, okay, like, you can do this here. You can do that there. Um, And so you really just have to figure out, like, where you're at. Right. And how I know that it's working for me is what happens is, is I start trusting like sort of my intuition or my body or just the way I like to say it is that does it feel right? And it could be as simple as should I go out tonight or um, should I meet up with this client, you know, and talk about such and such. And if it's not feeling right, I'll be like, give myself a day to think about it. And then mm-hmm. most if it's not right, it kind of goes away. It's really strange. And it's been happening more and more to me the more work that I do. Again, like I said, the more you put into it, the more that you get out. Mm -hmm. And so the more that I have, like, this in my life, I've been noticing, like, let's say I commit to something that just doesn't feel right, but I'll still play it out. It somehow just goes away. And then something else that does feel right shows up. Mm -hmm. And so it's really kind of just like letting the ocean take you where it's supposed to take you. And then you figure out how you can fit it into your life and where you need it. Right. Mm. And again, a lot of it's like diet and fitness. Um, You know, you, you make your food as much as you can at home and Hey, if you have to eat out, you eat out, maybe you splurge and you have a cheat day. Um, Same thing with exercise. Like, you know, maybe you have a really good two weeks and then you miss the next two weeks, but you know what it takes to get back on the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing with this kind of work. You you know what fits and you're like, okay, I know how to get. But the, the biggest thing is 
having the tools Mm -hmm. because something that I like to say as well is we haven't been taught healthy ways of dealing with stress. My parents' generation was drinking. The generation after that was prescription medication. And now, as I feel like we're moving into the age of consciousness, uh, that people are starting to be like, hey, like science is starting to catch up with this and show people how helpful it is. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so me showing people the different tools of, okay, meditation doesn't have to look like that. You don't have to look like that. Here are all the different ways that you can incorporate this and get benefits off of it. Um, I think having those tools and knowing what those tools are, then leaning into what works for you and adding that to sort of your game. It's the tripod, right? Mm -hmm. It's the three, diet, fitness, meditation. You incorporate those three things in your life, you will be able to make it through whatever dark times kind of show up in your life. Mm, Which are inevitable. And I love what you said about food. And I I just start just everywhere you are, people listening, think of every single thing or person. And even I know this is so hippie, but even the food you eat as energy. And when you think of where it came from and what it was sprayed with or how it was raised, you start to think a little bit bigger than just nutritional value, which I think is a really good first step. And many of the things I talk about are just based off of nutritional value and density and content of that food. But you can take it one step further and start to think of, wow, okay, what it, what other energies are in this that are going to positively or negatively affect me? And I think that's such an important, bigger conversation to be had for all of us, you know, looking at our plate and knowing where it came from, because we're connecting to it, because we can say this is where it was from here and here and here. And it's just all so beautiful when we think of it and how connected we really are because we live in a world of very, everyone's separate and feeling isolated despite feeling so connected digitally, how pulled apart we're kind of becoming. And so what can bring us back together? And that's those um, little tiny things of, you know, knowing your farmer or <laughs> knowing, you know, the person you're eating with and enjoying those, those meals, those types of things are just so cool to start to understand. It's not just, uh, the nutrition and the nutritional value of it. It's the energy and the emotion of sitting with someone and connecting and having that whole different side of things that helps us in ways that we haven't yet fully understood. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, we're definitely in line as it comes to all of that stuff. And it's it just, it's it's whether the human being listening to this on the other end um, wants to make real changes to their life and wants to sort of either, you know, find a healthier lifestyle or, or, or figure out how they can find out what the most optimal being inside of themselves can, can get to. And there are ways of doing that, and, you know. I think you've touched on those. I love it. Do you know what your spirit animal is, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I like to say that my spirit animal is a, a triceratops, but I don't believe that that, <laughs> oh, <I laughs> that goes it. along the charts. Yeah. Oh. That was funny because the triceratops was always the dinosaur that always kind of like spoke to me. Right? Oh, mine was, was like... oh, totally. Yes. It was so cool. I love dinosaurs. I know. I do do remember that as well. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on Meathead Hippie. I really enjoyed this. I'm so excited. Can you, really fast, can you do, just so people know, does sound baths have to be in person for it to get its, I mean, probably to get its full effect, but do you do remote sound baths? 
I don't do remote sound baths, and there are plenty of sound baths that you can find on like YouTube where people are mm -hmm. playing the bowls. That's what and, I do. Yeah, and the way I differentiate it is if that's all that you can get, listen to it. That's mm -hmm. it's, it's fantastic. But if you can go to the live version, I mean, it's a lot like listening to a band on your headphones or sitting in the front row seeing your band. You feel the energy. You feel that vibration. And that's the difference. So when people are live in front of me, they're actually going to feel those vibrations. And those vibrations are going to go through us. I mean, that's science. Um, the science is cymatics. And so you're going to feel that frequency and vibration where you get sort of that double hit of that meditation. Um, listening to it, it's helpful for the auditory of just slowing everything down. So if that's the only way you can get it, great. But it's you, you get the double dose when you're live. Everyone go find the middle branch if you're in California, in LA, for sure. And hopefully you'll be traveling soon doing these. And then just Google sound baths in your area if you are interested in finding this close by you. I know Denver has them quite a bit. And the more that you ask for them, the more they will exist. And I think that that's the best part of any of this stuff is if it's hard to find, just wait. <laughs> it'll it'll become yeah. easier and easier as the movement grows. You're doing a great job, Eric. I'm so proud of you. And it's so fun to connect with you. And I, I'll link everything below all the things that you've been up to and kind of the benefits that LA Times article and then also just some of the benefits that you've been speaking about and how to connect with you. But thank you for your time today. Emily, you are the best. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course. Yay. All right, girl. Love you. Love you, too. I'll talk to you soon, Eric. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, just such a joy to have good people in your life. And so I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, this is episode three of my podcast-a-thon, but I have 117 episodes. So if you are new to me, go down the rabbit hole. I have talked about literally almost everything. So I think you'll find something that you enjoy. Thanks for being here, you guys. If you like it, share it, subscribe, leave a review, and I'll see you guys tomorrow for another couple episodes. 